I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Dobry večer and welcome to the Bohemian Podcast with Pete Coleman and Travis Doe. Good evening and welcome to the Bohemian Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Coleman. And I'm Travis Dow from Africa, a history. Did I surprise you? I surprised you, didn't you? You did. That was uh, great. <laughs> all right, sorry. It is not uncommon these days to start seeing a commercial push for the Christmas holidays in mid-October, of course. This is true uh, not only in America, but it's also in various other regions in the world, including the Czech Republic. Back in North America, the run-up to the holiday season usually is kicked off by the Canadian Thanksgiving on the second of Monday of October or the American Thanksgiving on the last Thursday of November. Family, friends, and good food are all focal points to these celebrations. Yet we have something similar here in the Czech Republic as well. It's called St. Martin's Day or known as Martin Mass. Tonight we will walk you through these traditions, instruct you on how to cook a St. Martin's Day goose, and provide you a seat at the table for a young wine and roasted goose celebration in downtown Prague. November 11th is the day to celebrate St. Martin's Day, and it has many of the traditions we Americans would associate with Thanksgiving. It focuses on the completion of the autumn season and the final harvest of the year, drinking the young wine from the vineyards and enjoying roasted goose, like you mentioned. After this point of the autumn, the days are shorter, nights longer and colder, and the Christmas season approaches. But why is this day associated with St. Martin? And who was St. Martin? Well, I'm glad you asked, Travis. The cult of St. Martin has a background dating back to the Roman Empire. Known to the Holy Church as a friend of children and a patron saint to the poor, Martin's beginnings were forged in battle and tempered later in life with good works. Ich gehe mit meiner Laterne. No, no. Und meiner Laterne mit mir. The, 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 the uh, German version? <laughs> I grew up in Germany, but, I, but okay, so St. Martin was born in 316 AD as Martin of Tours. His father was a pagan Roman senior officer in the Roman province of Upper Pannonia, which is in uh, present-day uh, Hungary, and forced Martin to become a soldier as early as the age of 15. Legend has it that on a cold, dark night, Martin encountered a half-naked beggar who asked him for alms. However, Martin had no money on him, and as he wanted to protect the beggar against the cold, he cleaved his coat into two halves and gave one to the beggar. The following night, Christ appeared in front of him dressed in one half of the coat. It is likely that this apparition caused Martin to be christened at Easter 
339 and to decide to vote his life to God. However, uh, he could not leave his army until another 15 years. That's the Roman, uh, you know, if you're a legionary. And later, so later he reached the rank of officer. He was named Bishop of Tours in 372, but continued to lead the life of a monk in a hut by the Loire River where the Marmotier Abbey was founded later. St. Martin died at the age of 81, near Tours in 397. He is the patron saint of soldiers, horses, riders, geese, which are also delicious, and winemakers. Most often he is depicted on horseback with his half coat and the beggar. And Travis, it was understood that he was a, a very kind man who led a very quiet and simple life. The day that bears his name was set to be placed as St. Martin's Day on November 11th with the origins in France. Then it spread to the lower countries uh, and then to the British Isles, Germany, Scandinavia, and Eastern Europe. It is celebrated at the end of the Agarian year and at the end of the harvest, as you mentioned, Trav. Bishop um, Perpetus of Tours, who died in 490, ordered fasting from three days a week from the day after St. Martin's Day on November 11th. It would seem similar to the 40 days of fasting or so in the spring for Lent. This period of fasting was later shortened and called Advent by the church. So you can see that uh, St. Martin's Day has a very big uh, yeah. influence onto the lead up to Christmas, right? Yeah, because I don't think Advent's another thing that we've mentioned on several other of the Bohemian uh, Christmas episodes. Um, it, that was a big deal growing up. Every Sunday, uh, lighting that candle on the Advent uh, wreath. You know, there's and there was four. So there was four candles. That was like a big deal there. You could you could go to mass or church every Sunday and um, or every time you went to church or mass I, on that Sunday, they would mention it's the second advent, the third advent. Um, and there's a long tradition that goes with that. So, yeah, anyways, that, that didn't start as a Christmas tradition. It started as a St. Martin fasting tradition. Um, so to, to note, the Czech lands are not alone in this early November celebration of St. Martin, like you mentioned, France and Germany and others. Um, the Germans, Danes, English, Scots, Estonians, Poles, Swedes, Dutch, Spaniards, Sicilians, just to name a few, they all partake in similar traditions on November 11th. Besides the young wines and roasted goose, many European nations have their children parade through the streets with homemade lanterns, or Latane in German, and some have St. Martin himself appear atop of a horse. The color of the horse is pretty important, as we will get to in a few moments. Um, the uh, connection binding these nations together on this day would be uh, basically through their Catholic traditions. Like I grew up in Bavaria, uh, which is a very Catholic sort of part of Germany. And the story of St. Martin all or, or, you know, like you mentioned, originated from France. Now, like many of these Christian traditions, local and regional customs were interwoven into these observant days, okay? So as the Catholic St. Martin tradition spread, it would be Germanified or Czechified or whatever. Um, so, but yeah, I, I do remember this from my childhood. Like, yep, the lantern. Yeah, thing. it's we'd, we'd a make lot of people school, have these actually. connections. I yeah. guess that that's the thing is in the States, you, you separate church and state more. Because in Germany... Um, we do, I mean, we had a crucifix hanging above the door, even though it was a state run public school and you'd say the Lord's prayer, I guess every morning. Um, and then like 90% of the kids would cross themselves and 10% wouldn't because, you know, and, and some wouldn't say anything at all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, um, 
Uh, but for St. Martin's Day, you bet. Like, we'd, we'd sit there in class and we'd make these paper lanterns. And to this day, I wonder why I didn't see more of them just burst into flame. Because it's paper lanterns and then you just put a tea light, you know, candle in it. And, uh, yeah, you go up the streets and sing. Meine Laterne mit mir. Oben leuchten die Sterne und unten leuchten wir. I got a feeling we have some listeners that are going to want you to actually do that so they can, like, record it. You know, and they could play it in the cars on the way to work. The thing is that it's, it's way longer, <laughs> and I don't remember the rest. So I just oh, like this. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was gonna say it's way longer. So if you can buckle up, I'm gonna sing the, all seven verses. <laughs> That's right. You got 15 minutes. The long version is a uh, yeah. Oh no, my anyways. goodness. Yeah. Well, well, Travis, Travis, you mentioned uh, all these different nations that kind of deal with this. Not only Germany, but Czech Republic. Uh, you've got Scandinavia. You've got uh, you know the Spaniards. You've got a little bit of the Mediterranean. A lot of people, because we're talking, you know, the the mid uh, mid uh, fourth century, um, that uh, we have uh, someone uh, that was so influential at this point. Just to give you a couple examples uh, from some of these places that I, I found uh, during the research that was kind of interesting. You know, in Belgium, this, in some areas, there's a traditional goose meal that like we have here in Czech Republic. Uh, uh, that, however, there's in West Flanders, there's uh, there's no specific meal that's really set in place. Uh, there are other areas um, for uh, uh, more more for children to uh, be kind of brought into the tradition with toys brought on the night of the 10th to the 11th, sort of like a mini Christmas. Um, at the east part of the Belgian province of West Flanders, uh, especially near uh, Ypres, uh, there's children receive presents from either their friends or family uh, as, a, as opposedly for coming from St. Martin himself. So if you can imagine what it's like here on, uh, I think it's the 5th of December, which is St. Nicholas Day, uh, where St. Nicholas will give you some presents uh, to kind of get you reffed up for the Christmas holiday. Uh, St. Martin does that for the folks over in Belgium. That's uh, not as cool as December 15th, which is St. Travis Day, um, who's the patron saint of <laughs> Legos. Uh, okay. um, <laughs> Oh, I, before before we go into the next thing, I, 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 I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this too. Um, for the folks in in, uh, in Belgium, they also kind of incorporated a little bit what we see on Halloween because some of the kids go door to door singing traditional songs, kind of oh, like the ones you, you were taught. Yeah. Um, but they're sporting this hollowed out beat root that's carved with a face and a little baby candle inside. So uh, they go up there and they kind of sing and they, and they ask for – uh, either sweets or things like that, and then when they're all done, they take they take their little candles to a giant bonfire where they throw them in, and then they all later on eat pancakes. Nice, which is awesome. This yeah. is just an awesome idea, right? It should should now, they, shouldn't it be waffles? It should be waffles, as in or is Belgian that is that is that racist to assume that? I I don't, I don't know what that is, but I they're known for their French fries as well, so I mean, you can also incorporate that. Okay. But yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but but that was kind of a nice little story. I'm going to give it over to you, where you can kind of yeah. give more of a goodier version of what's going on during St. Martin's Day. Right. So swap the uh, beetroot for uh, sacrificing roosters. You uh, <laughs> you bleed it. The blood is collected and sprinkled on the four corners of the house. Not, you know, a, a switch gears a little bit here. Um, now, also in Ireland, there's no wheel of any kind was to turn on St. Martin's Day. Meaning, like, don't jump in your car and go to the store. Why? Because Martin, Martin was thrown into a mill stream and killed by the water wheel. And so it was not right to turn any kind of wheel on that day. So well, let me get this straight. Because it he was, a, it was he, that would be a trigger. <laughs> oh yeah, he, oh, yeah. He lived to 
the the uh, the age of 81 years old, and then someone threw him into a, a mill a mill wheel to to basically mar- martyr him, so he became a saint. As far as the Czech people are concerned, we do things that are you know very straight traditional when it comes to this. We've got our Saint Martin's Day feast, which is a run up to Advent, the roasted goose, which is usually found in restaurant menus, and young wine from the recent harvest. Uh, which is kind of a newer tradition, so to speak, to have you know uh, the young wine come in uh, as kind of like a, a, a tasting test. Yeah, it's you know sweet. they're only about three weeks old. Yeah, it's only yeah, about three weeks old. So it's, it's not uh, fermented yet. It's so dangerous. Yeah. Well, but it is alcoholic, and it's still and because it's so sweet, like it's just a guaranteed headache slash hangover. Um, and it's wine tasting, like you mentioned. It's not like you have one. It seems to be that you would you go around trying different ones. Um, yeah, so. It yeah, in the stuff. wine shops and restaurants around Prague, they, they pour the first of the St. Martin's Day wines around 11, 11 a.m. Uh, and many restaurants will offer special menus for the day featuring these traditional roast goose and wine tasting. So, uh, you know, I had a chance to to uh, take part in a feast and I really like to get our listeners to kind of join us in on this one because we I went out with some of our buddies from work and, uh, you know, it was really an enjoyable night and it was kind of a pre-Thanksgiving feel to the whole thing. Uh, where we all just went out as a bunch of expats that are kind of missing our normal November celebrations back home in the States, uh, you know, that uh, would be associated with Thanksgiving, but we got a little taste of it here in Prague. So it's St. Martin's Day, and we are actually in Kolkovna restaurants here in Prague, downtown Prague, near Wichita Square, um, having uh, assorted meats and um, cabbage and great things. Uh, Daryl, I work with you, Daryl, and you're a fellow American, Californian, so be it. But we talk about St. Martin's Day, we're talking about goose, we're talking about young wine, we're talking about kind of like the Czech Thanksgiving is kind of what I kind of take it as. What did you have to eat tonight to kind of honor some of that? Nothing. (laughs) I had typical American food. I had ribs, man, with great drink. (laughs) (laughs) Great drink. Oh, that is, that's my Daryl. Oh, Daryl. So in your house, and you got a little boy in your house, what do you do for Christmas when you kind of mat, merge Czech and American traditions together? Well, I try to keep it as uh, an American kind of tradition. Uh, but I try to respect what my woman, you know, and, and you know, her culture does. Um, for me, Christmas is more about kids than it is about anything else. So, I mean, as long as he's happy and he's enjoying himself, I've done my job. But, you know, we're seeing a lot of people enjoying time here. Uh, we talk about the young wine, uh, which is like the really a uh, wine that's only three weeks old or so. Uh, it's not a lot of alcohol to it. To it. It's not a very full-bodied uh, wine, but uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a young wine, as they say, and it goes well with the, with the goose and uh, some of the, the dumplings. Um, I got to tell you, man, I am absolutely full, exhausted from eating right now. You haven't even finished your plate. What are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's so it's impossible to separate this feast or to hold this feast without a well-fed and roasted St. Martin's goose. Usually served with bread or potato dumplings, those famous knedlik we keep talking about, and red cabbage. By the way, the goose is associated with two legends. One says that the goose is eaten because geese disturbed St. Martin's sermons, and that is why they are now punished on the pan. 
The other legend holds that Martin was so modest that he concealed himself in a goose house to avoid his appointment as a bishop, but the cackling of the geese gave him away. So therefore we eat the geese. The that, second one, the, the first one, short I, I, like the, I like the idea of like revenge. Like how dare, <laughs> and also how arbitrary that is. Like the French are probably like, oh, you know, one day the frogs were too loud. That's why we eat frog legs. <laughs> there is a revenge factor in that in that first yeah the I first like legend is a like revenge it. factor sure uh you know the saint martin's day table uh, would not be complete without the traditional rolls filled with poppy seeds or plum jam and of course some of the above mentioned red wine that we talked about the young wines uh which is an excellent accompaniment to the czech cuisine you know saint martin's day menu um was is really dominated by goose but you could use other things too i mean you can have um, uh, a duck, if you want to go that direction, if you, if you like. But there's also something called kaldun, which is a very special soup with goose uh, giblets and uh, other famous goose liver. Yeah, maybe even a little pate would be part of that. Traditionally, roast goose used to be made of uh, with caraway and cabbage, uh, which is you know, a recipe that you can find from place to place here, especially at uh, some some uh, some grandmother's uh, kitchen, so to speak. Uh, according to another old bohemian recipe, goose can also be stuffed with apples for a bit of that sweetness mm, to come with. Yeah. So, Trav, you hosted uh, – and I have to say this because uh, your parties were, were epic when you hosted a bunch of us expats to come over to your place for Thanksgiving dinner in, in late November. And uh, you made just the best turkey. So I think as the, uh, the connoisseur of roasted meats that you are – um, I would like you to take our listeners through a step-by-step process on how to prepare goose for St. Martin's Day. All right. So first of all, you need a big enough oven because these geese can get to, I mean, it is kind of like, just like turkey size, I guess. So, so Americans should be used to it, but yeah, it's a big bird. Okay. So first of all, wash, wash the goose, make sure it's all clean from the outside as well as the inside. Sprinkle it with salt and caraway, like you mentioned, um, inside and out. And let it cool uh, sort of overnight. You just let it sit. Take it out three hours before roasting. Let it sit to come to room temperature. Let it go ahead and, you know, warm up that, that high. And then preheat the oven to 130 degrees centigrade. Place the salted goose in a casserole, breast side down, and baste with water. Up to one quarter of the casserole. Now, you cover that with a lid and you put it in the oven. You roast it for around three hours, and during that time, you you check it, you turn the goose several times, um, you know, you make sure you get it roasted from both sides. Always, when you're done checking it and, and turning it, cover it back with the lid, because you don't want the, the goose to dry out, okay? So, and also, you know, you, like, what we did with the, with our famous turkey is you just keep basting it over and over. Um, a lot of attention, right? A lot of attention. Yeah, it's a, it's a labor yeah. of love, definitely. Now... My wife, the the famous, if you want to know the uh, the secret the secret sauce, so to speak, of our Thanksgiving turkey, and I think the same would go for this goose, is she tucks little pieces of butter uh, along with oh I don't even oh geez like thyme and garlic and onion and everything, but she but she makes little tiny incisions and tucks it into the skin, so that it kind of melts and gets all over the place as it and you know infuses as it cooks. Is that now? Okay, now I'm hungry. This, this between <laughs> between this and our last episode of Francis Bacon and saying bacon fifty million times. Okay. Anyways, after three hours of roasting, you you garnish the goose with slices of apples, rosemary, and continue roasting for another forty minutes. 
give it give it time for those flavors to kind of soak in and the apples again you know help help keep it keep it wet um moist keep it juicy oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> finally you, 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 hold on <laughs> you had to make it weird <laughs> could you have said any more words that most people just don't like to hear <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Moist and juicy. I, I oh. Think about that too. I had to really, and then you you let you let the words simmer in oh, your mind. Just, oh, okay. Right. <laughs> after the forty minutes of uh, after you put in the apples and rosemary, you crank it up <sighs> one last time. Crank up the heat to around one seventy centigrade uh, for the last twenty minutes or so. You take the lid off, and this kind of dr- it does dry out the skin, but it, that's that's what you want at this point. It makes the skin really nice and crispy. Um, yeah, and then you take, you remove it from the oven, let it rest before serving, let it all cool and, and just kind of chill for, um, for a while. I mean, even up to a half hour or so, I'd say, and cut, slice, serve. Uh, it's, it's, you know, the smell of that in the kitchen or basically your whole house oh, is, uh, it, it's, it's just epic. And, you know, you don't, you don't mind if you're visiting someplace where someone's cooking like a big bird like this in the oven that you, you, when you go home, you smell it in your clothes. You're like, I, I love that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you know, it's just, it just, it's, it's just a very comforting feeling to smell, you know, this type of, of, uh, of, uh, cooking, uh, especially during the holiday season for sure. So we talked about a lot of the traditions, but we haven't really got into some of the stuff that deals with, uh, what maybe the kids will listen to, um, when they want to take part in St. Martin day's festivities. And one of those traditions deals with the horse on which St. Martin rides upon when he comes into your town. So one of the fun traditions here is waiting for what color the horse is that St. Martin's will, St. Martin will be riding on come November 11th. Children will gather in, in most of these little Czech town squares across the Republic awaiting St. Martin's arrival. And that would foretell if it's going to be a warm or snowy winter, especially with the hope for Christmas Day. Yeah. One of the now, if he sees his bigger, shadow, yeah. if he sees his shadow and runs back the way he <laughs> Wrong came. Wrong holiday. Oh, oh, I'm Wrong okay. Holiday. So sorry. I'm so sorry. If he sees his shadow, we're going to have another global warming winter here where we don't yeah. really have More ice caps melt uh, any and, snow, actually. Yeah. Um, and and on, on a serious note, we haven't had hardly any snow in, in Prague in the past five years. Uh, so. It, it is uh, definitely a warmer, a warmer climate for sure these days. One of the bigger and more well-known celebrations on November 11th is held at the heart of the Czech Republic in an ancient town called Yahava. And uh, known as the silver mining town of uh, the medieval Bohemia, Yelhava really conducts one of the, or the all-out celebrations for the entire uh, republic on St. Martin's Day. It is one of the bigger uh, uh, town squares, I think the biggest town square in the Republic. And uh, as soon as the sun sets, excuse me, and as soon as the sun sets in late afternoon, the townsfolk start making their way to the square and uh, St. Martin's comes running, uh, comes galloping up on his horse. Young wine is served along with a hot mauled wine for those trying to stay warm that night. And children with lanterns gather and sing songs in the hopes that see St. Martin on his horse. Now, if St. Martin comes on a white horse, then there will be snow on Christmas Day. However, if St. Martin comes on a dark horse, it will be there will be no snow on Christmas Day. I'm now, dreaming of St. Martin coming on a white horse. Is that your Bing Crosby? That's Just really bad. Just like 
it's a sin. Ah. Oh. <laughs> is is this is this frustrating you? Because <laughs> here, here's because here's what's really frustrating to me. No one has ever told me what happens if the horse is speckled. If it comes, if it's a black horse with white spots, or if that exists, or or a white horse with black spots, uh, what does Listen, that mean? You know that we one no time. Black. You know that one time it it rained uh, fish in Nuremberg. Well, Martin came in on a speckled horse. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's what happened. That's what happened. Okay. So so you know when we speak of children, there's also uh, there's also a pretty big place for them during the these this festivities for Saint Martin celebrations. And one of them you mentioned before, Travis, had to deal with children's lanterns, right? So school children spend the week leading up to the 11th, you know, um, constructing paper or metal lanterns with various designs. Normally, these homemade lanterns will just last for that night uh, as they're very – as the very small you know, tea-like candles burn down and, and maybe burn up the lanterns quite a bit, um, but give a little bit of light uh, and making a beautiful scene cutting through the cold, dark night of November. You know, my son Nathaniel has taken part in these ceremonies at Bilahora Park in Prague ever since he was in kindergarten. And uh, the younger children make their way up the hill mm-hmm. with the lanterns in hand to meet St. Martin himself, a Roman soldier on top of a horse. And sweets are handed out, you know, and my son, I asked him if he could tell us a little bit about what that experience was like. You know, he's getting to be, you know, the older end of that spectrum that will I think this is last year that he's doing it. Uh, but uh, he got to take part in it this year uh, and making his own lantern and seeing um, uh, St. Martin on the horse, of course, and the sweets that were kind of hidden around the top of the mountain there uh, that the kids had to go looking for with their lanterns as their only light. So if we can, let's go to that audio. Well, first, the whole school meets down the hill, and we sing uh, St. Martin's songs. We light up our lanterns, and we uh, start walking up the hill. And then we come to a tree, and, and uh, then we see him come down to uh, the kids. He waves his sword and then he uh, walks up the hill and goes away. Now these lanterns are a nice touch. Each one is individually designed with a candle holder in the center and a sturdy handle on the top so they can uh, walk through. And my son this year actually uh, did a kind of a neat little poppy design. He had a metal can that he would take a nail through and he would you know poke these little holes so the light would come out. Oh, and yeah. Yeah, so and so it was kind of a neat design. And if you don't know, my, my son goes to a Waldorf school, so they're like you know epic epic stars when it comes to craft work. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you know that's that's pretty much what they're doing. So um, so he was able to really kind of make this look pretty awesome. And what was really kind of cool is because he actually listens to what I say when we're driving in the car when I drive in the school in the morning. Um, you know, we talked about November 11th is also Armistice Day, which is what we celebrate. Um, you know, the end of World War One. And one of the things that uh, is a symbolic of that is, of course, the red poppy with the, with the black little center. And so he said, that's what I'm putting on my my uh, my uh, lantern this year. I said, fantastic. St. Martin's Day is also the winemaker's feast, like we mentioned, marking, especially in the Czech Republic. And this this sort of marks the end of the wine harvest. I would say that it, it it does well because there's actually you know the the acidic aspect of the the wine kind of helps the digestion. If you've had 
goose liver <laughs> before, you know, there's might be a need for um, uh, an acid <laughs> yeah. after a while. <laughs> so sometimes oh, that so wine good. does help so a good. little bit. Right. But um, it is a newer thing. And I think um, it's it's a it's a way for winemakers to kind of get out there uh, what they hope is going to be some very mature wine later on. But to give people a taste of what the what they were able to kind of grow uh, and what they bottled at the beginning. So people can look forward to those mature wines later on. Um, as, as you said, they're, they're a little bit more sweet. Uh, they're at the beginning of the fermenta- fermentation process. Um, I've had them before. It does give you a kind of a massive headache mm-hmm. <laughs> for me. Agora podcast of the month is Elias Belhadad's History of Islam. And Pete and I were on the Agora Exchange with Tom Daly. That's the Agora Podcast Network's own podcast feed where you can get a glimpse of podcasters, get kind of a behind the scenes and get to know the podcasters themselves, um, uh, you know, all history podcasters. So so kind of uh, neat stuff. And uh, Pete and I were there. So give that a listen too. to search for Agora on iTunes or um, there's also a link uh, from podcastnick.com. And, and and really, it's it's great because having this network of great podcasters is a way for us to to uh, reach out to not only their audiences but to do it vice versa. When we when we have them on our shows, uh, to introduce you our listeners to their great programs that we have on the Agora Network or the Dark Miss um, uh, Collective. It, there's just a lot of great stuff out there, and one of the best things about being a podcaster is when you get really involved is having this wonderful network of people really doing something that they love, you know, and it's, uh, it is something that, uh, we're all interested in doing our subject matter. And it's just very interesting to hear what, what drives other people, especially in a history based pro- podcast or travel or culture based podcasts. Um, they really, it's just something that we really feed off each other. And, uh, we hope that you enjoy listening to these, these, uh, um, other, uh, podcasters that we have in our network. As we come to the end of our show, and now you're full of goose and dumplings and wine, we we really need to say goodnight. St. Martin's Day has already come and gone, but there is much to do in the next few weeks as we lead up to Christmas. Because remember, Christmas will be upon us pretty pretty soon as Advent rolls around and St. Nicholas Day approaches in early December. That's something that that will be geared up. Everyone's going to be starting gearing up for that uh, immediately coming up on the 5th of December. So until then, we want you to stay warm on these cold and dark nights ahead, and the warmth of the holiday season will soon be here. So until next time on the Bohemian Podcast for Travis Dow, I'm Pete Coleman saying Dubronuts from Prague. You have been listening to the Bohemian Podcast with Pete Coleman and Travis Dow. Visit bohemican.com for more information on this episode, other episodes, and much more information about history, traditions, and culture in the Czech Republic. Find us on iTunes, subscribe, and review, and don't forget to rate us. We would love to hear from you. Send comments, ideas, and corrections on our comments page on bohemican.com. Or get in touch via Facebook or Twitter. Tune in to our sister podcast, History of Alchemy, which is also on iTunes or on historyofalchemy.com. Until next time on the Bohemian Podcast, thank you for listening.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.